0: This is stock, this culture. Is stock culture. 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 With
1: stocks meet culture. culture,
0: presented by your host, host, Billy Clement. Billy Clement.
2: Hey, what's up, everyone? Hey, this is your host Billy Clement. Hey, we have another episode of Stock Culture, man. This is exciting, and I can't wait for us to get into it, man. As you know, in Stock Culture, man, we bring you some of the heavy hitters in, in the stock and the trading world, and in investment world to just be able to kind of, you know, come on, introduce themselves, tell you a little bit about themselves, give us some tips and tricks, and you know, and hopefully, man, you you know, you 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 find that we're adding value to you, man. So, without without that, with that with that, be, with that being said, man, Ronnie, man, what's going on, bro? What's going on, man? How are you today? I'm good, man. I did good in the market today. Yeah. I did I decided not to trade. <laughs> that, <laughs> I took a, a back seat today. Hey. I hit a hit a couple of percent <laughs> this whole that, that's week. Always man. Good. Yeah, I hit a, a couple of 200 percenters this week. I was like, today's Friday. I don't want to jinx that, so I kind of took a seat back and chilled, man. But on today's episode, man, we that's have one of the great Francis man. Hey, if y'all don't know Francis, go Google him up, man. Like this man. I don't know, man, y'all change the culture, bro. So I don't want to get into it, man. Just say hello to the people.
1: How's everybody doing? Um, yeah, man, appreciate you, Billy, man. You've been there from, you know, from the beginning almost, you know Yes, what I mean? sir. Right, <laughs> the, the good days, the clubhouse and, and all that stuff that we used to be, uh, we used to do last year, but, yes, you know, I yes, appreciate yes. you having me for sure.
2: Man, you guys definitely bring something different to the culture, man, and um, I can't wait for you to kind of talk a little bit about it, man. So, well, we get right into it. Go ahead, Ronnie. Yeah, man. So, <clears throat> Francis, man, definitely appreciate you jumping on, man. But um,
0: just kind of like go back, man. Like, how, like, what was your upbringing like? Um, you know, before even getting into stocks, and yeah. just like let us know exactly, you know, how what the day and day, you know, day and life of you know Francis was growing up.
1: Oh yeah, man. I mean, pretty much. I was. Uh, I started out a pretty decent kid. I think you know, uh, pretty typical. Uh, kind of upbringing, suburban uh, Maryland, Silver Spring, uh, outside of right outside of DC, and then from Silver Spring to Northern Virginia, bouncing around. My dad was a software engineer. Uh, my mom, mm-hmm. you know, she stayed home. You know, a little bit later on in my in my upbringing, she went to be be a stay at home mom for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. Both my parents are African. From, uh, one from Ghana, one from Liberia. Um, so a pretty interesting household. But they're they're kind of. You know, a typical a little bit more modern than your typical African. African. Yeah, right? like they're a little bit more I know what that feels like. man. Yeah, you know, at least my mom was. You know, my dad he was, he was pretty hard hard ass. You know what I mean? Um, all my all my cousins and things like that were doctors and nurses and engineers. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, 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 they all they all. Were in that type of field. Um, my mom being Liberian librarian, you know her family's a little bit a little bit less on that side, a little bit more free spirited. Long story short, um, you know, right around I think, you know, I was always kind of I always excelled a little bit um in, in academics, so I skipped a grade. <clears throat> um, skipped uh went from kindergarten, I went from first grade to third grade, so I skipped second grade. <laughs> And then but you you're know, probably man, the youngest I'm, kid in the whole class. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then my birthday's in August. So then I'm also kind of behind, you know, so like I was almost like two years younger than most of my class. Right. And so I think that kinda of caused a little bit of, you know, knuckleheadness later on in the line, trying <laughs> to prove myself and fighting and things like that, being smaller than everybody and all that type of stuff. So I found myself in trouble a lot in middle school and all that stuff. And then uh, pretty much yeah and that's actually funny enough how my dad ended up teaching me stocks. I was actually suspended from school. Uh, I just of oh wow <laughs> before but I was actually kicked out of school for a couple of days I was sitting home. my dad's working from home um, at the time and uh, you know he was like you know he wanted to show me something and he, he kind of introduced the stock thing to me uh, you know during one of those times while I was sitting home from school and then <clears throat> you know I, I picked it up 13 this is the year that I like really started getting into trouble. So I ended up flunking ninth grade and having to repeat ninth grade, and but stocks was like something I would do like just to, to try to make it. At this time, I'm 13, but I'm trying to like make my own money. You know what I mean? I have my own little freedom and stuff. 14, 15. Yeah. So I'd use stocks as a little way to try to flip money, uh, to be able to do other things that I wasn't supposed to be doing at the time. But you know, that kind of thing. So. But <laughs> so wait, did
2: you know? did your dad open a brokerage for you then? Is that like is yeah, that how you? Start? Yeah. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. He opened a brokerage for me with uh. Damn, I don't even remember who was through. I, th- I want to say TD Ameritrade. I think it was TD Ameritrade mm-hmm. back then. Either TD Ameritrade or E Trade. One of the two. I think it was E Trade actually. And it was he bought he he invested into uh, MicroStrategy at the time because MicroStrategy, was oh, okay. a software engineer and he knew MicroStrategy was a really good company. Uh, <clears throat> like really wow. cheap at the time. I think he put like maybe like five hundred dollars in there, something like that, and then. I ended up selling it, you know, thinking I was smarter than everybody. Right? I, went, like, I was thinking like, I'm going to find the most expensive thing I could think of. And, and at that time it was diamonds, right? So I found something like random off-brand penny stock that was <laughs> called Diamond, D-I-M-O-N. And it turned out they're like a tobacco company or something like
0: that, right? Oh, man. You am putting oh,
1: wow. money in that nonsense and lost a bunch of money on that. And then I, uh, you know, went on to like I, I put some money, some little pennies. So, you know, at that time, as a kid, you thinking the more shares I could get, you know.
2: Right, right. I think a lot of people still think like that too. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, uh, long story short, man, I just, I just tricked off a lot, a bunch of, money. You know, and then he was like, you know, we need a paper account, so I started trading paper accounts. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and and actually, when I really came into the trading, it was uh, right around two thousand and three. Gold was like three hundred dollars an ounce. And I was doing a lot of research on MSN money and, and and things like that. And they were talking about, you know, how gold has an inverse relationship with inflation and things of that nature, and how there could be a potential, you know, run in the gold market and, and things of that nature. And so I kept telling my dad, I was like, yo, let me get a real account again, because I think, you know, gold is going to go up, things like mm-hmm. that, right? And uh he just wasn't listening. And my mom, he's he's like doing his own thing. And my mom was like, you should listen to him. And, and he just wasn't trying to hear it. And that gold ended up running from like $300 an ounce, to like $1,300 an ounce, hey. in two years or so. And then hey. he was like, you know, then obviously everybody else started talking about it. Right. And, 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 uh, and then he was like, oh, man, you, you were actually... Yeah, I should have listened to you. <laughs> yeah, then he, then he kind of put me back in the game after that and, and gave me a little bit of money to try to play around with and stuff like that to, you know, to get back in with. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty much kind of how I got into it. And from there, it was just always a constant, you know, learning process, you know.
2: That's, that's that's amazing, man, like for your dad to actually like... I mean, he could have just grounded you, man, like go in your room, sit yeah. there and lock you in. Oh, he like, did. You know. He did. I was, I
1: was, I was grounded. I, was, I definitely had a lot of, you know... I got my whoopings, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, something. yeah. After that, you know, at some point, you just sitting in the house. And he was like, you know, let me try and, you know, make something constructive. Something, I, mean, yeah. time. You know, I, was, I think I was suspended for like a week at the time, you know what I mean? Something, something crazy. So. That's crazy. That's.
0: that's, that's so good. Yeah. Oh, Go ahead, Billy. I was no, going to no. say, like, you had to be probably one of the only ones at 13, like, trading the market.
1: Yeah, yeah. At that time, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot of, you know, it's it's different now. I mean, I, even at InvestFest, um, you know, shout out to Early Legion, those guys for InvestFest. Oh, yeah. Shout clear. out to Early Legion, man. Man, we had kids, you know, there was a kid that pulled up on me, he was like 12. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, him and his dad, and he's telling me about his portfolio. And he's getting, he got 15% returns, which is better than the average hedge fund return. He's like telling me all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, like, it's a different energy now, you know, key mm. terms. Learning, starting businesses, doing that type of stuff. I was trying to figure that stuff out back then. Without, you know, even though we had the internet, but it wasn't like the, like we have it now. It right, right. Information everywhere. YouTube was. I don't even think YouTube was even like a thing at that time. Or if it was, it wasn't very, popping. Um And so yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of trying to figure it out. You know, you're just like watching these old white guys on T on you know TV like Jim Cramer and stuff like that. You're trying to piece things together and stuff. Um, you know, now it's so much of so many of us that's out here, you know, giving the game up to, to everybody who will listen, you know?
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm like, you know, I, now that you say it, like, you know, listening to people who didn't look like you on TV or whatever it is that you were watching it, like, how did that kind of like, did you feel like, oh, did you ever have a thought like, oh, shoot, why is not a lot of people like me doing this? Or maybe because like your dad introduced you to it. He kind of like, OK, my dad knows about this. So it must be like something I need to learn about. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I never really wondered why per se, because uh, I feel I probably knew the answer at the time. At, at that mm-hmm. time, it just, you know, the information I knew the information wasn't it wasn't meant for us. So you mm-hmm. know what I mean? At that time, it wasn't something that, you know, and and, and you know we were we we had at our disposal for a long time but um even my dad you know he wasn't he, he introduced it to me but he's he wasn't wasn't a very good trader you know what i mean he wasn't a very good investor he was constantly losing money all the time and so um you know actually funny enough like through that process you know watching him lose so much money over the years is actually what kind of pushed me to like learn the game because i'm like mm. i see all these other people you know all these other, you know, uh, white people and stuff like that or whatever, you know, obviously winning the market. I mean, it right. can't just be a loser's market, right? Somebody has to be winning and, you right. know, for this thing to work mm-hmm. and I'm watching my dad and he's doing stuff and I'm, and he's showing me what he's doing for fun. I'm like, but dad, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense or whatever you might be doing. Cause at that time, matter of fact, they used to send flyers to your house. I don't know if you guys remember this, but they used to send like pamphlets and things like that to pump penny stocks and stuff. You get oh, a piece okay. of mail and be like, this is the next big stock and they're going to sell breast cancer and stuff like that. And he used to actually find those things and put money into them and then oh. get really over committed into some idea. And I'm like, but I see these other guys with these screens and they're looking at all these charts and stuff Darts, like that. Yeah. You don't do that. Right. You just kind of like go the emotional route. So that was kind of what triggered me to say, OK, something he's doing, it doesn't work. You know, my mom's always complaining about, him not, you know, not make, you know making money to it like he should. I need to go figure out what, what to work. That's kind of what had me studying and stuff like that, you know, to figure this thing out. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just it, it wasn't until I was, like, 21 where I was kind of forced. Like, you know, I came, I, I got locked up at 18. I came home at 21. I didn't have a lot of job opportunities and stuff like that. So I'm trying to figure out. And I got a son on the way now. I just came mm-hmm. home a year later. I got a, a kid on the way, you know. So
2: your back was against it's, the wall. You got to figure something out
1: gotta figure something out i can't you know i can't make any money we're making like seven dollars an hour you know mm-hmm. as an electrical apprentice in norfolk virginia um you know digging ditches and stuff and i'm like Y'all, i gotta figure something out this, this ain't gonna work i can't make this this happen. so i'm like taking a little, little bit of money and I'm I'm, I'm I'm at scott trade at the time it was another brokerage
2: yeah yep, i remember that yep
1: yeah, if they had physical branches you could go into mm-hmm. and they would hold classes and, and on their brokers, you could see when the class schedule was at your, your nearest location. So I'd go into these intro to fundamentals, intro to technicals classes oh, wow. and I'd get off of work. You know, I, I'd get off of work, you know, get to work at 6 a.m., get off of work at like 2.30 and then, you know, I'd, you know, drive from there to the Sky Trade branch. I had my muddy boots and the whole construction gear wow. on and stuff like that sitting there where they have like little PowerPoint presentations on a, you know, the overhead projector, you know what I mean? And they're showing, and I'll never forget the day, like the day I really was like, man, I'm about to commit to this thing was the day they I learned about golden crosses with the 50 EMA and the 200 Mm -hmm. EMA and they're showing it on the, on the, uh, on the overhead projector. And they're like, well, when this 50 EMA crosses the 200 EMA, it's called a death cross. You can see the, uh, you know, you can see the, um, you know the stock is, starts to go down,
2: right? Price dropping,
1: and, yeah. You know, yeah. And, well, I think actually, I think they were using SMAs, but the point being, they were using moving averages to say when, when it crosses up, this is called a golden cross, and this is, uh, you know, can lead the stock to go up. And when I'm I'm looking at it, I go, went back to my computer at home, and it's like one in the morning. Up, you know, looking these charts up, and I'm like, it really did. You know what I mean? And it works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I saw it, there's something that could actually tell you. Went to Biden now, which seems like something that's just so common sense, right? We all know, right, right, like that. But at the time, I didn't know how to to predict when a stock might go up or down. So that's what kind of led me to like understand technicals, you know, really diving into technicals, you know what I mean? So,
2: man, that's that's crazy. Like, first of all, I want to talk about your mentality, man, because that's like for you to like wake up, go to work, and then on top of that, like basically go out and you know educate yourself. Like nobody forced you to do it. Like you know when you were younger, you can kind of see the, the difference, right? Like your dad kind of like you got to learn this, right? But then as you get older, like look, I need to teach myself this. Like you started literally looking for those resources and be able to figure yeah, it out. Because yeah. we live in the age right now where information is so readily available, you don't really have to go look for it. Can have a phone. A computer typing a couple of words and it pops up. Like, so in your opinion, does that make people more lazy or does that make people like have more resources in their hand? They just don't know how to use it, don't appreciate it.
1: Um, you know, I think that people are going to be just as lazy or not lazy as they're going to be, regardless of whether the information is available or not. Um, I think that the, having available information so readily available has been a blessing because people are constantly seeing it and they're constantly seeing the results of other people, other people. doing it, right? So I think at some point they just start to wake up. Now it's becoming cool to do these types of things, right? You know, it's cool to be a stock trader and investor. You know, we used to talk about this stuff four or five years ago, six years ago, eight years ago, people weren't really trying to hear it. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know, I know my age bracket, like everybody just graduated college, they got their job career, they think that they knew everything, right? right. Because they did it the way that they were told to do it: go to school, get a good job, and you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And then I think people started to realize that it's not all good, you know what I mean. And then even with COVID, now people being home so much more, right? And and you know even not going back to work at all, going back mm-hmm. to the office at all, people are like yo, I got to figure some some shit out. And so I think that having information right. available has been it's been a, a blessing, especially for our people, because you know the more you learn, the more you earn. That's just the bottom line, yep. right? And yep. so. Yep. Uh, For us, we didn't have the information readily available. You'd have to go to a library and go pick it up or somebody had to teach it to you. Couldn't go to school to to necessarily learn it. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, and and I think the biggest thing, honestly, is um, for me, I was always a self-learner, right? Like even when I was in school, um, I, I would hear what they're talking about in class, but. I, I wasn't a great student, right? Mm-hmm. So I could hear the information, and I could get it, and then if I wanted to pass my test, I can go find the information and learn it, and then you know be prepared for the next for the test or whatever. Um, I didn't do homework and all that type of stuff. I, I was flunking left and right, right? But that's just you know the way I learn. I'm just more of a self learner, so mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of why when I when I wanted to learn something to change my situation, right? I just went and I dove dived into it, and 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 I, I'm gonna tell you this also. Um, you know, the big turning point for me was actually in the penitentiary. We we had movie nights, and one of the movies was um, that we watched one day was called Wall Street: Money Never Sleeps, mm. and it was about Gordon Gecko and Gordon Gecko. You know, getting locked up, and he I'm so, so I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, okay, here's a guy. He, he's locked up. He comes. he leaves the, the jail, right? and he leaves with like 70 something bucks you know they gave him like 70 something dollars and whatever his pocket change was and the shoestrings and stuff like that and they're like okay go and within a couple of years he was able to finesse his way back on, on top right. of the wall street you know um bankers world so and get his billions back so i sat down that night and i thought i was like man you know if warren buffett or bill gates got locked up today and was in my exact situation now what would they do when they came home would when they came the home they do, right and, and chances are because of what they know right they're gonna go and apply whatever knowledge is that they had to get their money back and chances are they'll probably be back in, at billionaire status within a few right. years right so the only difference between me and them is what they know right so if I you know put, dedicate myself to learning what they know and, and I used to have a whole lot of old heads too that would say this they'd be like man youngin, you know you're 21 if I knew what I know now at your age, man, I'd be this, that, and a third, I'll be a billionaire, this and a third. I'm like, okay, well, what do you know now that I need to know so I can, you know what I mean? Right, teach me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it just that that just was it, man. And then in, in school on top going back to school things, school teeth tells you what to think, right? Like you go to school and they're like, okay, this is your curriculum, this is what you need to know. That's but they don't teach you how to think, right? And they don't teach you how to learn for yourself. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that uh, is happening right now. People who want to learn, you know, the information is available so you can get it without having to uh-huh. go through so many hoops on trying to, to get it. So I think that's that's the, the most powerful thing about today's society. Hey, that's a
2: fact. I always tell people, like, school doesn't teach you how to be rich, man. They teach you how to, how to be a student. They teach yeah. you how to follow rules. They teach you how to, uh, you know basically adhere to the status quo. Like, you got to just, you know, stick around and do what you are told to do. You know what I mean? Uh, I think about the, the, some of the great people that, you know, became like great, you know, um, millionaires and billionaires, you know, case in point is Apple's, you know, owners who, who, who died, like in the, uh, dang it, now I forgot his name, but uh, Steve, Jobs. Steve Jobs, yeah, Steve Jobs. Like, he he skipped school. Like, he went to like only classes that he, that he was interested in. You know what yeah. I mean? He didn't, he didn't like, go through all the classes sometimes he went to school sometimes he didn't um even warren buffett i think i think warren buffett has like a what 12th grade education something like that i don't know but he he he, he didn't go to school either but um i think school literally just puts you in a box you know you have to kind of fight that box right and yeah, for me man. too like you know yeah you know go, going to four go, going to a four-year university like it, it literally puts you in the box you know yep. and i agree with you like you come out thinking you know everything
1: yeah. I, I guess if you go back and you look at what the institution of, of our educational system was built for, um, you know, it was built during the Industrial Revolution, you know, to create more industrial workers. Right. Yep. And, um, you know, and then on top of that, you know, not only was it built for, you know, for the Industrial Revolution, but it was also built uh, for white people, white, white kids. Right. We had at one point we had segregation, black schools and white schools and the way black kids learned was different than the way that the white kids learned right? right and the things that they learned were different and there was their, their people teaching them and teaching them what they needed to know about themselves and in white schools it was not the case they were teaching it for them now when desegregation happens you know it wasn't white kids that started to to come to black schools right it was black kids that, that went to. into their schools and that became the public school system right. so we have to understand that we have been um you know Integrated into a school system that was built for educating the white child Mm -hmm. for you know industrial you know jobs right and it was not meant and that's why I think we have such a um, a struggle as as a whole right with our children in this particular school system system, sometimes you know you have to understand what how we got to where we are. And then, you know, not saying that there's anything wrong with, you know, sending kids to public school or anything like that. You could a lot of there's a lot of black successful people that went through the public school system, and doubt right. about it. But overall, you know, I think that it's a disservice if you only depend on that education system to educate a black child. Um, you know, I think we have to we have to go above and beyond for for ours, you know.
2: That's a fact, man. That's a fact. Ronnie, what you got, bro?
0: Yeah, man. Um, I just kind of want to go back to when you said that you were on your apprenticeship job. And you was making seven dollars an hour. Like, what were the people around you saying? I mean, I'm not sure if you shared with them that you, was, you know, you, you couldn't yeah. do it. No, <laughs> you didn't do, you wanted it better. Like, what was their <laughs> mindset around you? Oh, yeah.
1: like,
0: stay it's, in this it's situation.
1: Funny. It's funny you say that, man, because like it was it was the funniest thing. You know, because they used to say weird shit. Like, I used to have um. There was there was one chick who was she's a, a, a big brolic, you know, strong she, she with her, you know, in, in, the, in the field, you know? And she, I remember one day, uh, you know, I just use, I just, I, I'd be like, man, y'all really, you know, I talked to a lot of, I'm like, man, y'all really like, they tell me like, man, you know, just keep doing your work, you know, keep doing it, you put in your dues, pay your dues. And, you know, if you get, make it through the four year apprenticeship, by the time you get there, you'd be making like $13 an hour. And I'm like, I'm like, man, and uh, and y'all, like y'all really been working 10, 10, 15 years in this career path and you only make like 16, 17, 18 dollars an hour. And they they would tell me like, this is it. You know, this is what we, you know, what you want to work for. And I'm like, nah, man, this ain't it. And, and, um, and they would be like, you know, they used to make comments. I, I used to work with, with, a, with a couple of them with that same shit. She made a comment of, you know, I, she's like, you think you better than everybody because you got, night, you got white teeth or something like that. Like some wild, crazy stuff like that. Like, you know, she says, I'm like, what? <laughs> teeth, so therefore I think I'm better than everybody. And I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, and then like, you know, people were just like, yo man, she just, she bugging. But it was like that kind of thing where, you know, the mentality in that in that field was, you know, work hard, do what the bosses, you know, tell you to do, right? You know, and eventually you'll get recognized. But, the, but even the funny thing about that job was, again, going back to, you know, racial divides, all of the superiors, you know, we call white hats, the guys who were, you know, the, the the managers, they all were the good old boy, you know, network, you know, white guys. Right. And then all of the people who were really working and, and telling me all this stuff to just put my head down and, and just get by were all people of color. And then, you know, um, they would. Uh, It was just like, even the one guy that they did make uh, a, a, you know, black guy, who they made a a supervisor, he was like the lowest, he used to work with us in the field. And it was like, they used to treat him like just a regular person, like he was kind of there for show. And, um, I just, it, it just, that never sat right with me. And it was at that job that I decided, like, I was literally sitting in the port potty one day and I started trading from my phone, you know, and I'd tell people I was trading and stuff, they like, man, oh, you know, that ain't my thing. But I sit there in the port-a-john porta I made a trade from my phone that, um, you know, I made, uh, it was on a penny stock, it was on a weed penny stock, and I made, like, uh, more than my entire paycheck for, like, two weeks, you know, from my, from the port john on, on my lunch break. And uh, and I was I walked out of that joint that day and I was like, man, look, I told my mom, my, my 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 people that I you know kicked with um, you know at the job, I'm like, man, look, I just made, you know, my whole paycheck on the joint. They're like, teach me, da, 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 da. And I teach them and stuff like that and, and try to show them and stuff like and then eventually I was just like, you know, I started doing that on a consistent basis. I was like, man, I'm gone, I'm I'm out of here. And I, I quit that that day and that was it. Um and that was in 2013. So that was you know, man.
2: So you you've been you've been 100 full traders in 2013.
1: No, so I wouldn't even say full trade. I've been uh, I've been 100 entrepreneur because what I did at that time was I actually put. Um, I took my girl's student refund check, my student refund check, two thousand for two thousand for my, with my ex uh, at the time, my son's mom. We took four thousand dollars from our student refund checks, right, and our tax returns, mm-hmm. and I put that into uh, Plug Power at the time and plug yo it was it was 15 (laughs) cents it was 15 cents so so plug power at the time you know it was 40 cents at one point and then they did a a offering a stock offering for 15 cents and and uh this was i want to say 20 2014 2013 something like that and they did a, a stock offering for 15 cents a share and uh the ceo had said something like um, you know, everybody doesn't believe in the company. You know, da 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 Uh, If you don't believe in the company, that's fine. I'm gonna forfeit my entire salary for the next two years. Just pay me in stock shares and options. And I said, Yo, this motherfucker knows what he's talking about. If he's willing to sacrifice his salary for some options, they can't be going anywhere but up, right? So I'm like, All right, let me put. So I put that four thousand. I bought like thirty six thousand three hundred sixty something shares.
2: Thirty six thousand. Right
1: 36 000 shares that, that same year like 2014 it went up from 15 cents to like 4, 40 went back to like 40 50 cents i sold it at that time i thought i did a good job you know making you know from like four thousand to like eleven thousand. Right. took that eleven thousand, moved back home with my parents you know me and, me and her broke up we went back to my parents you know we were trying to figure out how we we're gonna you know move forward with the kid mm-hmm. i'm like i'm gonna take this eleven i i'm invested in my car, a carpet cleaning company. I'm gonna start a carpet cleaning company. So I went and put that money in the carpet cleaning company to start a business. And so I got out the market, moved in everything into the entrepreneurial thing. Um, and then that same year, Plug Power went to like a dollar fifty, and then I had like everybody was calling me for my old job. You know, my ex's dad, uh, my dad. They're like, "Yo, man, you must, you must have hit it, man. You know, Plug Power, you were telling us about that fifteen cents, is a dollar something there." Da, 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 da. And I'm sitting there like crying. I'm like, oh, "I God. sold that." <laughs> and then Plug Power went to like you know, um, you know that that same year, later on that year, went to ten bucks. It hit ten dollars that year. And I almost, I almost, you know, I, I, that broke me. You know what I mean? And then, you know, obviously now, you know, eight years later, you know, Plug had been sitting about $3 since for the past eight years. And then all of a sudden, it just it blew up this year. Went up to like, you know, I don't remember, like, what, $40? It
2: was like 40 bucks, man. Crazy. Damn.
1: Damn.
2: <laughs> Yo, but here's here's the thing, though. I think, I believe every trader has that one or two stock that they're like, oh, man, I should hold on to it. Like, you just like... I should have held on to it. Like, you know what I mean? So I think it, it just comes, it comes, <laughs> it comes, it comes with yeah. the territory, man.
1: <laughs> That's why I tell people though, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you know, you gotta learn how to do both trade and invest, man. You, know, you gotta have both things going. Companies you really believe in, you know, make sure you hold on to those things. Um, it's not an either, or it's not either be a long-term investor or a trader. You want to do both, um, right, you know, right. trade for income and trade for capital appreciation. And, um, invest for you know your long-term wealth because i mean i miss a lot of opportunities man Tesla i remember that same year my son was born 2012 Tesla came on the market for like 40 bucks um mm-hmm. and this is pre-split so now you know you were talking you know Tesla now is probably what well, i think they did a five for one so technically it'd be about you know almost, almost 40, four thousand
2: dollars four thousand yeah like
1: yeah three thousand some change that was 50, $40. I thought that was expensive at that time. I'm like, mm-hmm. man, $40 a share. I'm, I'm trading penny talks at the time. I'm like, man, I don't want a stock that's less than a dollar. <laughs> you yeah. know what
2: I mean? But you know, that's, that's actually a good segue, man. Cause it's like one of the things that I always I help people is trying to figure out like strategies to actually find like good stock to hold on to. So if you can walk us through your, you know, your thoughts about, and when it comes to long-term investing, you know, i like, how do you how do you pick up the correct, not necessarily the correct stock, but it's like, how do you kind of like research stock? What are you using fundamental technical analysis? Like, how do you yeah. get to the point where it's like, hey, look, this is the stock I'm going to put in, you know, 1000 thousand, five thousand, ten thousand $5,000, 10000 behind it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, it has been it's always been, um, I, I like to look at it from the perspective of fundamentals, you know, telling me what is a good company to buy, right? Technicals telling me when it's a good time to buy it, right? And so, um, what I like to look for for a long term investment um, sector in particular, like I want to be in a sector that I know is likely to, you know, only go up over time what is on a strong trajectory, it's higher, right. And uh, so you look at things like cannabis, you look at things like I like emerging growth um, industries. Um, fuel cells and clean energy, things like that. Back then, I was a big clean energy. You know, it was before its time, obviously, because, you know, that, it took a long time for these companies to really get recognition. Givo, um with the their biofuels and things like that. Um, a company called Capstone Turbines. Um, they used to make a lot of these type of, you know, really strong headways into clean energy. Um, and I like I companies like industries like that, you know, that are in a strong, uh, you know, growth sectors. And I like to find companies that have Something unique about them that gives them some type of like some type of uh protection. You know, Warren Buffett refers to it as moat, right? And uh, going back to like the idea of, of, of the uh, plug power trade, you know, plug power is a company that produces fuel cell battery packs to you know replace lithium ion batteries uh, for industrial forklift charging. Right, that's a very niche industry, right? And fuel cells are already an industry that's very difficult to break into as a whole, right? It costs a a lot of money, a lot of R and D, things like that. And so the opportunity there was that you know these guys, there's nobody else in their space, you know, that to compete with. Um, They have the the top product out there, and they're providing a strong value to their customer, which is. You know the downtime for having to charge, and, I, and at that time, I was using these forklifts also, you know, in construction, right? In okay, commercial construction. So, I know, you know we got to charge these things overnight, and if you don't charge it we get to the job site and we you can't use a forklift, you're just out of a forklift for the day. Whereas what they were doing, where you just fill it up with hydrogen and you off and you, you're going. So the productivity for these warehouses that run 24 seven is really strong. And so I was like, man, this is a great, you know, industry, you know, a great business model. Um, it has protection it and it's a unique thing that, you know, they, they own the market. And so that was kind of the idea there. And, uh, you know, sure enough, obviously they added other things and other verticals, but the right, point right. being in general, you know, that's what I like to look for. I like to look for companies that have something unique and a unique, you know, proposition, unique selling proposition to the market, um, a market that is is not easily, com- you know, something that they can compete with and something that has longevity, right? Because I don't want to invest in a net in, in this, you know, cool hip tech thing, right? That in two years is going to be wiped off the face of the earth, like 50 right. right. That right where something else comes along and just wipes it out somebody like Apple or somebody that like can just replicate or Amazon can replicate and take them out. So uh, that's why. And then also a very critical thing uh, that I think a lot of people overlook is the management team, the, oh, the, CEO, the CEO, CEO, yep. things like that. I like to know who is the CEO. I like to listen to all his interviews. I like to listen to their. Um, Uh, Earnings conference calls, I listen to those things like, you know, like a podcast, you know, I'm listening to them, I'm seeing what they're talking about. And I like to know, I want to know their energy, you know what I'm saying? I want to know, is this somebody that has, you know, determination as an entrepreneur, somebody that, um, you know, has direction and ambition and goals to take the company higher. And uh, Andy Marsh from Plug Power, you know, he definitely checked all those things off in that case. I mean, he was very adamant on a very big picture of where he was taking the company, And he believed in that model and he, uh, you know, put his money where his mouth. It's the same thing with like somebody like Elon Musk, right? Like,
2: right, right. Was, you know, in
1: 2014, nobody knew Elon Musk was like that. I mean, very few people did. Um, If you were listening to Elon Musk on conference calls and and interviews and things like that, you would have, you know, looked at him and been like, yo, I can put my money on this guy. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, that's. That's dope. I like, I,
2: like, I like how you find the, I like how you find the uh, plug power thing, man, because it's like you you kind of like you, you saw a problem at the place you're already working at. And then you did your research based on that. This can help this industry X, Y and Z. Then you found that specific. You probably found a few other companies in there, but you kind of like find a specific stock. You're like, hey, look, this is this is what's going to make this change X, Y and Z. So I'm going to put some yeah. money behind this. So that's that's pretty dope, man. That's that's a gem right there. Like you know, instead of you trying to figure out go outside of what you already know, just start with what you know already.
1: Exactly, hundred percent. I, I say that all the time. Like yo, if you already are in a medical profession, right? You understand, you know, the biopharmacy industry and things like that. You know, start with that sector and 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 dive into that sector and understand who all the players are and you know who has the the you know possibility of, of having success that's really what my dad did even with MicroStrategy and I didn't pay attention to it you know he's a software Right. Engineer. and you know years later MicroStrategy now is sitting in the thousands of dollars and at that time the shares were I don't even remember a couple bucks maybe you know what I'm saying and, and um, yeah so you start where you at you know whatever your passion is whatever your career path is whatever your expertise is apply it to the market okay. and you know you, you'll find some success there and then you know, you only really need to master a, a few sectors you know um you don't need to be in everything you don't need to know about mining and basic materials and right. you know tech and things like that you know two three sectors um you know mine was was clean energy and um, and tech companies and uh and uh, I like the uh, industrial reits you know real estate investment trust companies and things of that nature nice. um that's really what I stuck with and uh so you know
2: most, most people don't know what the sectors, man. Like go, go Google that. There's 11 sectors. Make sure you Google, go, go look into them. Each of them has a bunch of stocks inside of them. So just, just go, go ahead and do that, man. So um, my next question actually, before I send it out to Ronnie is now let's talk about like the, a little bit of the technical, right? So that kind of bring us back to the, the, the cheat code and how you guys built it and all this stuff. So first of all, how did that idea come about? Like, how did you guys decide like, okay, we need something like this. You know what I mean? There must've been like a story behind it or something. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty much what it was, was we, we had a community that was growing very rapidly, right? You know, we, we grew from 16 people in an Instagram DM group to over a thousand some odd people um, with from March 2020 during the COVID crash to like August 2020, right? Um, And so over that time, we grew, you know, very rapidly. And we had all these people in our community that You know, some of the big questions that they kept having was, you know, they were having trouble understanding technicals all the way. They didn't have, they worked full-time jobs and they didn't have the time to sit down and chart. And the big question they always would ask was, you know, we we get into these trades as a group and we make a ton of money, but they'd be like, well, when do I get off? When do I get out? When do I get out? I'm like, you got to get out on your own, yo. That's Ronnie's,
2: that's Ronnie's number one question.
1: (laughs) That's facts. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I can't, I'm not going to tell you. When, I I already gave you when to get in. I can't tell you when to get out too. Because if, if, if you if you get out early and it keeps going, you're going to be like, oh, man, Quay, you said da, da, da. Right. Or if you get out late, you know, you'd be like, oh, we should have sold. I knew we should have sold. I ain't doing that. I'm going to tell you what when, when I'm <laughs> going to buy and y'all can get in. I'm going to take my profit. It's my money. I'm going to take my money. But I'm going to take my money. You take your money. You take <laughs> That's your money, a fact. I mean? So basically, um, throughout that, it was like, all right. You know, how can we make it easier for people to learn this, this game? And, uh, and so we're locked in, in COVID, right? You know, we're right in the middle of the pandemic, so everybody's stuck in the house. Uh, I come across, you know, uh, um, Trader View allows you to uh, build your own trading scripts and things like that. So um, I just basically dived dive into uh, TradingView and, and their programming language, and um, I sat down and I started playing around with it, and put things together, to see what I could do to like help, you know, bring some of the strategies that we talk about and we teach to some an indicator everybody can use, right? And uh, so I came up with a very very basic version of what we have today. Uh, because obviously my development skills are limited. I'm not a developer by trade. I just was learning as I was going. I'm just trying to take you know what my strategies were and put them to you know something that would be visual for people to see and uh and then everybody really loved it and they were like oh man this is great blah blah blah. we did a beta test and all the 100 people on a beta test and everybody loved it and so then i was like okay i I dived a little bit deeper into it you know just locked in for like literally my girl was pissed for like two weeks because i wasn't coming (laughs) into the bedroom
2: that's what coders do man
1: (laughs) yeah i'm in the living room i got the blanket over my head like this and i'm like (laughs) it's like four in the morning i'm just going to town like trying to figure stuff out and i'm watching videos on the programming language, I'm trying to learn it and stuff like that. And I'm, and uh, the next morning, I'm like, Hey, look at this. I, I just, I just did Look, look what they could do, and you know, all this stuff. And she's like, Oh, that's cool. You know, that's, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, and, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, excited. I'm like, This is groundbreaking. I'm like, Look at this. I finally figured out how to make, you know, this appear on the chart because I'm, you know, playing around with stuff and, uh, and it's working. So, like for two weeks, I'm doing that. And then came up with like version two, which is a little bit more advanced. And then I was like, man, there's some really, you know, I really want to be able to do certain things um and and have it, you know, have it um, you know, just just do certain things that I couldn't do with my skill set. Like I just couldn't do it. It came to a point where it was like, yo, this is way out of my, you know, I can't get this thing to do what I wanted to do. So now I had to go hire somebody. And that's when we decided to make it premium. And so we just took the cash flow from you know, from that, and you know, pull some money out of our investments. Put it back in Google. there. Yep. And we just, yeah, we invested in you know building a developer team that could, you know, help take you know we say, look, this is the concept we wanted to be able to do, you know, and then they would put it together and make it happen. They send it back to us. We test it out, test it with our team. All right, make it do this, 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 this. Add more stuff, da da da. And then they just took it to another level. So that's kind of how we got to where we are now. And um, the, the idea, you know, again, was just, you know, institutional traders have, you know. Quants and all types of advanced all the stuff. different, yeah, yeah, terminals and all types of advanced tools. Uh, and they're out there moving millions of dollars in and out the market, taking our money. Um, pretty much, you, know, you, guys, watch billions? you guys watch billions at all?
2: Oh, yeah, I am not as certain, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know what I mean? So, you know, those guys are out there literally just taking, they're playing money. games, yeah. And so, you know, I'm like, we need something that we can, you know, look to to, to you know, also give us an advantage. And that's that's kind of how we came up with it
2: right so if you guys want to learn more about that cheat code algo man go to cheatcode.us. i mean you get like buy and sell signals some reversals you know bands there's a cc squeeze like it's it's amazing like you know all color coordinated and everything so you can kind of like get ahead of the game the one thing i will say is like you do have to know a little bit of um uh trading trading terminology and understand like how, you know, things flow before you actually get in there. So that's the one thing. I don't know you guys provide that in your group. Also, educating people, not just giving them the product yeah. and be like, hey, go use it and forget it. Like, yeah. you know, it's more like, hey, let's educate you on
1: how to yeah. use this. Yeah, that's actually, you know, it's funny because like we get a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, attention and support for g coded to software. Um, but like, you know, our primary thing is our primary value really is in our community. Um, we have, you know, literally, you know, the academy program. You know, we have belt level classes. It goes from white belt, yellow belt, green belt, blue belt, black belt, and literally takes you from beginning to end with understanding, you know, stocks and technicals. You don't have to know anything. You start at white belt, very basic rudimentary stuff, and you go from there. We have a team of like 12 instructors and moderators that literally are teaching around the clock, like, you know, tonight at like 11 p.m. They're gonna be on the call. That's awesome, man. stocks stocks after dark. And and they're literally on there talking stocks, teaching live trading floor from, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning, they start doing early a.m. charting sessions. And then 9.30 a.m. is live trading. And our team is literally on Zoom with a thousand people plus on Zoom doing live trades, you know, where people can follow along with the trades, take the trades together, do things like that. Um, Really just amazing stuff. So, like, our our community is really – that's really the main value. And the cheat code obviously goes hand-in-hand with that because, you know, it allows you to really understand, um, you know, while you're learning the the technicals as a trader, right – you know, once you have a good foundation and technicals, Chico code allows you to really just simplify it all. So you don't have to have so much complex stuff going on with your chart. It makes it very simple and easy to understand. So, um, yeah, man, just, I, I just love the community, man. I love my team. And everybody amazing, does what man. we do with Chico, man. It's just a really cool, cool vibe.
2: That's dope. That's dope. It's, it's, man, like, just hearing your stories, like when you start looking backwards, you can connect the dots and how you got here. Right. Oh, like literally from the time your dad put you on punishment, teaching you the stocks. And then even your mentality is like, I, I, I'm just, I just learned by teaching myself. I got to do it. You know what I mean? And walking you all the way through your jobs, you know, and then getting yourself into classes at right up to work and all this stuff. And then even in 2020, you know, when you could have just been chilling and making your money, cause that was a good time to make money. If you really know how, if you know the stock market, you just dove in and create this amazing, you know, you know, algo. By just teaching yourself how to do it, which is which is amazing, man. So I was like, if you look if you look backward into your life, you can kind of like connect all the dots to whatever you are right now.
1: Yeah, no, for real, man, it's crazy. It's um, I me and Jay we talk about it all the time. Like it's it's really like Godsend. It's like universal. Like it's really like it's what we were you know, over the, over the past 10 years, I've had a lot of, you know, business projects. I've started a lot of business. I was in real estate. I had a, some success in real estate, lost everything, you know, got everything and lost everything and stuff like that. But you know, when this came, this happened so effortlessly and so organically that it was just like, you know, God was like, oh, everything else you've done in the past was just a story. And it's just preparation. A, yeah. Yeah. Experience to kind of lead up to this and be able to like, teach others with that, you know, with the experiences that you've collected over all this time. Um, because I mean, man, it, it just happened. So literally, the, even the way me and Jay, who even met and, and came up and had this thing, you know, start was literally just, you know, he was actually like the, the, um, the leasing agent, the property manager at my Apartment complex. That That's
2: crazy. That. <laughs> shout, out lost, Yehu, shout out to Yahoo, man. We're going to get him on here. Jay,
1: after I lost everything in real estate, I made, you know, 250 grand from a th- I had a thousand dollars to my name. I had a background in construction, right? I started my own little painting and handyman company from the carpet cleaning company that evolved into doing flooring and things like that. So I had a little construction company. Um, winter came, I had, a, you know, nobody was doing construction, you know, wanted, you know, in house work during the winter time. It's a slow right. season. I had a thousand dollars left for say I can either pay my bills with this thousand dollars or I can invest in real estate, right? I put it into an earnest money deposit uh for a property, um, uh, did that project, uh didn't know what I was doing to try to figure it all out, ended up flipping that house for 25K, For 25k, and doing you know, some other projects. Within that next year, I I'd done 12 projects and then I was doing five at a time, went way over leverage, lost everything, right? So I lose everything in, in real estate and crypto at the time I was trading crypto on high leverage, you know, uh, I took like five grand to like 200, 200 grand, 250 grand or so. And crypto lost it all in one night, Dang. you know, overnight. Ooh. Were you overnight. trading it too? Huh? You yeah, were trading? I, was trading? I was trading on on like 50X leverage. I was on a platform Jeez. called BitMEX. Um, BitMEX I, I know Bitmax. Like, yeah. Yeah, BitMEX. So I'm like, uh, you, BitMEX allows you to go up to 100X leverage. Right. So I had caught, you know, I caught some pretty big trades. I caught Bitcoin on the breakout from 10K. Um, to like 13k, I got out of that early too. But I was trading that on like 10x leverage, and I, oh. uh, you know, I made a bunch there. Then I caught Ripple from 25 cents to a dollar. Man,
2: that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I was like flipping it, <laughs> flipping and making a bunch of money. And then one night, you know, in crypto, everything is 24/7. So mm-hmm. I'm set, I set my alarm clock every two hours to wake up and check my my portfolio because I'm on high leverage, right? You know, you don't want something crazy to happen. So at this time, I caught Ripple, the entire Ripple run from 25 cents to like a dollar and some change or whatever. And then God. I put a bunch of the uh, basically almost like the entire portfolio. I was like, really, really high risk, man. I put like almost the entire portfolio into like two trades on 3x leverage and my, my liquidation price was very, very low. The price that, yeah. if it hits that price, they would sell all my stuff and basically exit me out to trade. It was, it was like, Ripple had to go to like 25 cents or something like that, or like, 30, like 40 cents or something, right? I'm like, it's not gonna drop from, you know, $1. forty to 40 cents, <laughs> right? Dude, on Bitfinex and BitMEX that night, I, I went to sleep at, at like 12. I woke up at three, checked my shit. Everything was cool. Woke up at five, checked my shit. Everything, nah, woke up at, woke up at, Three, checked it. Woke up at five, and I looked at my portfolio. And that joint was from like I went to bed at two hundred fifty thousand. I look at my portfolio. That joint saying like twenty nine, twenty eight thousand, some some odd change.
2: And I said, hey. I was like, Wait
1: a I'm like nah, nah, nah.
0: nah. That I'm, ain't I'm right. Go I'm still sleeping. <laughs> like, like,
1: like, yeah. I, I sat up. I was like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> and, and like my girl, at time, she's like, what? what's wrong? I'm like nothing, 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 nothing. Cause I don't even want her to know. <laughs> I don't even want her to know at this point. I'm like, she's about to crazy. If this is real. So I turned the lights on. I'm looking at my joint. I ain't even tell it until like two days later. I'm, I had I to know it was real. I looked at the joint. I was down to like 29,000. So I'm like, what? And only on Bitfinex did Ripple crash all wow. the way down. It literally was a flash crash. And then it came back up to like, you know, 80, 80 90 cents or whatever it was. And it was basically some overnight stuff China had said or whatever it was, crashed, crashed. I know <laughs> and because on Bitfinex, Bitfinex allows you to put um, crypto on margin, mm-hmm. right? So people would put Bitcoin up in order to give them you know, leverage or, or, or Ethereum or whatever. And because the value of Bitcoin dropped, right? It would increase, the value dropped. So basically, let me kind of clarify for anybody who doesn't understand, right? If you have a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, right? this platform will give you $3,000 to trade with. So sure. if the value of Bitcoin drops to $500, right? That $3,000 they gave you to play with is now $1,500. So if your liquidation price was 50 cents, it's now gonna move up to a dollar, right? Because your 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 value is half of what it was, so now your liquidation price. So basically everybody on Bitfinex was getting liquidated, Damn. right? You know, because the all of crypto was dropping, so the liquid, everybody's liquidation prices moved up. So it it's caused this up. trigger chain reaction on the platform right. where everybody was getting liquidated. So it caused a massive sell-off. And then you're know, only on that platform did it come down and it liquidated me right out of my trade. And I lost $220,000 overnight. And so <laughs> kind of tying into the story with Jehu, you know, I had $30,000 left. I try to make it back, do something, make it back. I owed investors money at the time. So I'm like trying to pay them while still trying Jeez. to like get this money right? And then my, my real estate project got five houses that I was, you know, I would tap this money to, you know, do projects and invest and mm-hmm. projects if I needed to get some going. Everything kind of came to a screeching halt. The money is now shorted up, right? The um, projects are coming to a halt. People aren't getting paid. I'm trying to figure it all out. Dang. I'm stressing myself. I'm like killing right. myself trying to figure out how to fit, get these projects done. At the end of the day, I was just like, man, I can't do it. You know, I, I would literally gave everything to the, put everything into the project I could. Lost everything, ended up moving to um to Jehu's uh um complex, whatnot, because one of my friends worked there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, hooked me up with an apartment, met Jehu um at, at over there, and um, and, and during that time I'm like, I'm trying to put, get my money back in stocks, right? So like I get a little bit of money right. and I put it back in the stock game. And I'm I'm just, I'm just telling Jehu and everybody else in our group, like, yo, man, like I'm doing this, that the third, like I just made this, I just made that, like I need to get on this. Blah, 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 And I started telling them about like, you know, I think the market's going to crash, right? And this was like, this was like 2019, um, like September, 2019. And Wait,
2: well, how, how did you, how did you know that?
1: So this is why, so there's something called the bond yields, right? And, you know, the bond yields is basically shows the treasury bond, U.S. treasury bonds, two-year treasury bond and the 10-year treasury bond and 20-year treasury bonds, et cetera. And those yields basically, um, typically, you know, if you are <clears throat> the longer term, Bond that you purchase because a bond is basically like a loan to the government, right? The longer term bond that you purchase, the higher the interest rate because they want to incentivize you to hold longer, right? So typically, your two year bond will have a lower interest rate than, um, you know, your 10 or 20 year bond. Yep. Well, what ended up happening was there's something called the bond yield curve. And it, when it inverts, when you have an inverted bond yield curve, that means they're paying you higher interest. There's higher interest on the shorter term uh coupon than the longer term right mm-hmm. and so essentially when that when that happens you know it uh it 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 basically signals that people are more confident about uh they're they're, they're more fearful about what might be you know be coming down the line right right, right. um there's the, the investors the what the people who know who move money back and forth you know and know what's going on in the market you know they so something is shaking them on the, their confidence, you know, long-term or whatever it is. they probably see, they
2: just see, they're seeing something coming. So there's like, you know what, let's, let's take our money out of here and put it in here, basically.
1: Exactly. And and so, and then there's, and there's also a lot that goes into it. That's a very, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of giving a basic idea, but, yeah. but there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And a lot of reasons why the bond yields invert, but that's with my kind of interpretation. So I'm like, yo, and every time the inverted bond yield curve happens, you know, within twelve months to you know to uh to eighteen months, it typically precedes a major crash. Major, okay. Right. So I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, and then I'm looking at the market. I'm like, man, you know, we just look hella toppy and the market's been running and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I didn't know it was gonna be COVID, but I knew something was
2: something was, was coming
1: to happen. And so I was just like, Man, you need to position yourselves, position yourself, we can make money. I'm telling them like, yo, we can make money on the crash with puts. And at the time they didn't really know what puts were and stuff like that, they didn't know about options. I'm mm. like, we can make money on puts, going on the market going down. So like when it comes, we can make money. And so, um, so basically that was kind of the idea. And then I saw that there was another person out there. There was an article that came out about this mysterious investor who would put like a hundred million against the market on, you know, by uh, either selling calls or by, or I think it was actually uh credit swaps he was doing, but basically he was betting against the market. Um, and and you know,
2: saying that the market was was likely to go down it was a big bet. that the mm. market was down. So I'm like, man, somebody knows something. Somebody knows something, yeah, like,
1: yeah. So like, when 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 I and then they see that and they're like, yo, man, you were just saying. I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, <laughs> we need to be ready. You know what I mean? And right. so How much did uh, that guy make? Yeah. So basically, that happened. <laughs> then, but but what happened was, you know, at the time, I um, you know, I I just you know, I made a bunch of money on. MoneyGram calls in, in 2019. I think, like, sometime in September, I made a bunch of money on MoneyGram calls and I cashed out. And I just was like, I was going through a lot of like single man type thing. I was trying to go live this like crazy lifestyle and stuff like that. So I'm like, I, I cashed out a lot of money from the market. This was my only money. I didn't have a job or anything like that. Right. right. I was getting it out the market. And so, like, I cashed out and I started traveling. and Doing
2: Enjoying stuff. life, basically. Yeah, I'm
1: like blowing money. I'm like, I'm going from Miami to Puerto Rico to like this place. I bought tickets to go to like one way tickets to Barcelona and uh, and Morocco and then Ghana. So I was damn. about to do like a whole trip, and I wasn't. I wasn't planning on coming back. And so, um, long story short, I ended up blowing a bunch of money doing that. And then by the time the market got ready to crash, you know, COVID hit right, and then obviously we right. couldn't go anywhere. And then the market's crashing, and I'm like, damn. I kind of like had missed it a little bit. So mm. I'm like now Jehu's like, yo, man, you were just telling everybody about the market crash, da, da da. You need to teach more people this. Right. And so then, you know, he's like, oh, he starts his Instagram group. He's like, oh, we're gonna call it Invest Academy, NVST Academy. So we just started this Instagram group. Um, I started making getting puts, you know, against a lot of companies and stuff like that in the midst of the crash. We caught like the tail end of the crash. Um, you know, start getting puts, the our our people in the community are making a bunch of money. And that's how, like, the whole thing kind of kicked off and, and, you know, we kind of got to where we're at now.
2: Man, that's Ooh, that's, a, that's cool a dope story, story man. <laughs> yeah,
0: real, hey, man, I, I want to know how much that guy made on the uh, betting against the market.
1: You know who it was? It was Bill Ackman. <laughs> it so was Bill Ackman, because I remember yeah,
2: when, uh, he went, when he went he went on uh, CNBC or something like that, and he said, like, you know, something about the, the market's going to crash, and literally, like, the, the next, the same day, I think, he just did this crazy drop, and he's like, whoa, what just happened?
1: He think he yeah. turned like twenty seven million. The hundred million dollar bet. I don't know if that was him or not, or, or even if I'm even
2: getting the. I appreciate trade, that was you know, him,
1: man. No Acme put twenty seven million, I think it was, and turned it into like three point something billion or something crazy like that. <laughs> um, it's known as like the, the greatest trade in the world right now. It's, yeah,
2: so, yeah. Because so he he probably caused a crash. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know,
1: that's how went. he's like he's like you know uh uh what's his name? bill Axelrod for billions you know what i mean like they mm-hmm, can do that mm-hmm. type of stuff like they know what's going on and, and, you know
2: so but that's crazy though like i think and i want i want to get your opinion on this like i think people misinterpret the stock world because i know before i jumped into stock cuz i've been i've been buying shares for a long time but it's like people usually tell me like oh it's a gamble well you know it's just it's it's you know, you're going to lose your money and all these different things. I think there's a mis, misconception about the stock market, especially when it comes to our people. They're like, you know, it's you're just throwing your money away. You're not you're not going to make it. And it's like I think people are not catching up to it a little bit. But I kind of want to get your opinion on that. Like when it comes to our culture, like why and how can we continue to change? It? I think a lot of people in 2020, it's it's, 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 starting, it's starting to shift a little bit. People started like, OK. Yeah, the bank is not really giving me a lot of money. So I need to figure out somewhere else to put my money. So
1: it's starting to change. People see it now because it's social proof. You see it on Instagram, you see it on TikTok. Um, You hear the stories, people make a bunch of money. So it's changing. I think what it is is demystifying. Uh, You know, before you got to imagine if you're talking to, you know, early 90s, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking early 90s. There is, who's talking about technical analysis early 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, right? Uh Nobody's talking technical analysis. Nobody's teaching it outside of the communities, you know, the white communities and things like that, that they already have, that type of stuff. Our community wasn't getting that information. So when they did try to put their money into the market, like, oh yeah, I'm going to put my money into this XYZ company. And then boom, market crash. And typically people, people put their money into the market during Hysterias, right? So Uh, the dot-com bubble comes around. Everybody's buying these tech companies. all people making a bunch of money, and they're not understanding market cycles and that what goes up comes down, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Boom! uh, Market crash. Two uh, thousand dot-com bubble burst. Bubble burst. Everybody loses a bunch of money. People are committing suicide and jumping off. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys Mm -hmm. remember this time period, man, but people were like literally. Committing suicide. They got yeah, guys yeah. in corporate jobs and they, they leveraged their whole portfolios on margin. Literally
2: jumping off a building and stuff.
1: Jumping off a building. My dad's building. I, I grew up with this story. My dad, at my dad's job, he, in Tyson's corner of Virginia, he worked in Tyson's corner. It's this big building right across from Tyson's corner. It's mm. shaped like a shopping bag. You know what I'm saying? We call it the shopping bag building. <laughs> a little handle on it, everything. <laughs> he used to work in that building and one of his coworkers or people in, the, somebody else in the office building, not one of his coworker, but somebody else in the office building literally jumped off of that building. And uh, because he had, he, his wife left him, his kids left him, took the whole thing because he lost everything. He, he lost, lost everything, everything yeah. mortgage his house and everything to invest in a uh, margin and end up owing money to the brokerage when the market crashed. So people hear these stories and, and they, and you know, when you have these hysterias where everybody's buying, you know, be greedy mm-hmm. when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So the level of sophistication of the average person at these times, is not very high. So right, you know, right. big bank is taking little bank. So it is rigged against them, against us. And uh, you know, until we learn and educate ourselves on how this whole thing works, people are going to be fearful because that's what the game is. Um, But now that there's such high level of sophistication in trading now um, that is being accessible, look, options trading as a whole is not something that is typically like, that's like an advanced level of trading. It was right. Right. You typically invested in stocks and traded stocks and that was risky. And then options was like a whole nother world, a whole
2: different world. Yeah.
1: Talked about very few people knew about now people are going to options before they even trade the stock.
2: Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying?
1: And so now you, you can see kind of like level of sophistication now is way, way more. Different. There. so many more tools. You have things like Robinhood and all these other tools that are out there, left and right, for people to make money in the markets. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, so now it's, a, you know, I think people are a lot less fearful of the market a little bit, and that, and that stuff has changed. Um,
2: that's that's a fact, man. That's a fact. Ronnie. what you got, bro?
0: That's crazy. I kind of want to go back to the whole, uh, the cheat code, man. Um when I first seen it, man, I seen you put something on Instagram, and I think you did a challenge, bro. You, you went from like a thousand to a hundred thousand in like October
1: or November. Yeah, two thousand dollars. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was like, bro, what the heck? Like, was you was you doing that just to be like, hey, this cheat code works, or mm-hmm. did you have naysayers that said it didn't work, and you were just yeah. like, yo, I'm gonna shut them out.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea was, uh, you know, it started from conversation in the in our community chat. And I was like, "Yo, man, I'm about to just because there's a bunch of people out there that were like, you know, hate, you know, the ops or haters and stuff like that. That just be uh mm-hmm. like, it works so good, why don't you just make a bunch of money with it? and, da, 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 and Why would you sell it to other people and things like that, right? And right. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, look, you know, I put a couple, a couple, of two thousand dollars in my girl's account." Um, you know, she wanted to get into some trades and stuff like that, and have me trade for her. So I was like, okay, kill two birds with one stone. It's a fresh, clean account, right, on Robinhood, and I just started, you know, going to work with it. And I, I didn't intentionally do it to go from two thousand to a hundred thousand. I just was, you know, trading and showing, you know, using the cheat code, and I would, I would take those trades. And um, and then you know, the first couple of trades, I, I took some L's, you know, went down to like you know, 1,400, 1,200, something like that. And then she over there, like, you know, <laughs> $2,000, right? Like, you know, and I'm like, don't worry about it. So then I'm like taking that. And then, like, I just got into a little rhythm. And it was, you know, during that time, it was earnings season. So I was playing a lot of earnings plays. I caught a lot of really powerful, powerful, um, um, powerful uh, setups, you know, inverse head and shoulders going into earnings. Um, some pretty high risk setups that, you know, You know, I I typically wouldn't tell somebody to do on a a regular basis. I was, but I was hitting them. You know what I mean? I was in this, like, and I tell people this too also, like when you, when you're a trader, when you get to a certain point as a trader and and it's something that you dedicate your time to, uh, and you really lock into your rhythm, there's periods of time where you like become like Neo in the matrix, right? It don't matter what you do. (laughs) And you're locked in and your mental is good and everything like that. You just, you just hitting. And uh, I hit one of those strides, I was just catching everything. I caught um Uber uh on a, on, a, on a big breakout after earnings. I caught um I caught Snapchat. Um, the Snapchat run, you know, was uh you know, was a big one. I think they went from like 20 dollars to like 40 something dollars, something like that, or something crazy. Uh, caught a big part of that. I caught um. Uh, Sonos, uh, the speaker company, and the all all yep, yep. very similar setups. They were all inverse head and shoulders going into a major catalyst, Um, and so I was just catching those, man. I just was hitting them, and then some other trades here and there. You know, in between that, obviously, I took you know a couple of different trades here and there on the Apple and things like that, scalping back and forth and things things of that nature. And so you see the chart; it was literally 24 days went from you know 2K to, uh, you know, like six or eight or something like that. And from eight to 24, 24 to whatever. And then, I, you know, you had down days, I had down days and things like that. Obviously, um, I took some l's along the way, but um, a lot of it was, you know, just simply kind of, and then I would also, you know, show it to the community, right? I'd be like, look, look, man, like if you, you know, you line up, it's, I'm, I'm looking, using straight technicals, right? Looking at inverse head and shows going into earnings. But then I'm also looking at, you know, here's the buy signals, right? Chico's catching buy signals. Chico's showing us, like, you know, um, that we're in, in a, a, a potential upswing, right? And here's my my signals is giving me confirmation, which is what we are intended to use Chico for sort of confirmation, right? You wanna know if I can't, if I take an entry on something, I can't, you know, I can't really identify how strong that trend is, right? All the time easily, right? I might need to look at a bunch of different things. But Chico's showing me like, here's a, it's I'm in a nice strong uptrend. Here I got behind the scenes of volatility is in my favor, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Here's some potential resistance areas where I might want to look at taking profit to exit my trades, um, things of that nature. So you're not know, just holding on and guessing when you want to get out. Here it's showing me like, yo, this is a good area where you know we're going to see some some strong resistance. So. That's kind of how that whole thing worked. Um, It's not something that I tell people like it's strictly off a cheat code. It took it was a lot of balls. Right. With, um, you know, taking some high risk trades. Right. And it was also a lot of technical understanding and just understanding of how stocks work. Right. Um, Things of that nature. So um yeah i mean it's not easy to go from you know from something that small to something that big that quickly right but it is possible with options it's very doable
2: oh definitely definitely Um, and you know and and to go back to your point also i feel like people need to understand like yes option is cool but it's like you, you, you still education like you gotta invest in your education like that's the first thing i'll say like invest in your education man like get to know what options is get to know all the, you know, start with the basic, what is options, you know, what is, what is the, you know, options tables, what is the, you know, the, the Greeks and all these different things, just understand what the basic, uh, you know, teachings of options before you actually jump in and all this stuff, that will, that will, trust me, That that's, that's going to help you in the long <laughs> run than having to like jump in and start trading right away.
1: You're going to pay for it one way or another.
2: Oh you know, man. Yeah.
1: You, another, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, one way or another, you're going to pay for whether you, whether you pay somebody to teach it to you, whether yep. you join a community that's a couple hundred dollars, whatever it is, you're going to pay for what, what, how much you end up paying is going to be up to you, right? Like you either going to absolutely, pay, you know, but you're going to take your losses, you're going to take your lumps. And even more so, you know, the most important thing, I think to me, training used to be a solo sport, right? And it still kind of is to a, to a large degree. I think now it's becoming more of a team sport, more of a social sport. Yep, yep. Because when mm-hmm. you have thousands of people with you that are all trying to get to the same goal, they're looking at the market. You know, you're looking at the market. Y'all comparing notes, and you say, mm-hmm. "Hey, yo, check out CRM. Check out this stock. Check out that stock. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's gonna run. This is why." And so you can analyze the market on a massive level when you have thousands of people that are all doing it together. And uh, you know, even accountability and mindset. You know, when mm-hmm. you hit that rut where you're like, just can't seem to get right. You just keep taking loss after loss after loss. You start getting unmotivated you start to realize like, you know, when you have other people that are like, hey man, like, you know, take a break, chill out, come back, you know what I mean? Or whatever, like, (laughs) that's unvaluable because a lot of this is psychology and is mentality. You know, so once you start taking a loss, you start panicking and you want to make make the money up. And so therefore you're gonna start doing random stuff, trying to make the money back and you're gonna take more losses. When you have a community that's that's with you that can tell you like, yo man, chill out, you have other instructors that have more experience, like they can advise you through that. You can save yourself a whole lot of money from blowing up your account. Um, and that's where the value comes in. You know, you pay paying $150 a month or something like that, or whatever it is, that's going to save thousands of, of do- dollars in a month. That lot is of a fact.
2: That is a fact. That is a fact. The market is always going to charge you tuition. You know, it just depends. Pay that how much of that tuition you want to pay, that's up to you, but it's always going to charge you tuition. So be careful with that. Now, Francis, man, on a wrap up questions, man, I just want to ask you, like, you know, what's up? What's some uh, some type of other resources that you suggest people to kind of look at and all these different things? Like what's some 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 readings, some research materials and all that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one to me is going to be uh, I use this like religiously and seeking out um, seeking out for S.E.E.K. I-N-G-A-L-P-H-A. I think at this point they should probably pay me for a promotion because I talk about it so much. Um, I love Seeking Alpha because I really can sit there and um, just get a, a good understanding of what's happening in the market, different stocks and companies and can do some, see some in-depth research that somebody else has already put together for me. And I can just read through it, formulate my own opinion, opinion and look at, you know, do, then do my own research and either confirm it or go guess it. Um, another one is Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z. Sorry, man. Um, I, I like Finviz a lot because uh, they have a really cool screener that allows me to like just simply look for overbought or oversold companies. Um, if I think the market is running hot, I'll start looking for the over, at the overbought screener and I'll start finding companies that I'll go to cheat code and see if it's in the overbought bands the reversal bands if it's in like the red zone the reversal bands I'll put it on my watch list for a potential reversal so if I catch a yellow candle in the the red reversal bands or a a falling star candlestick or a bearish engulfing or something like that I know I'm about to get me some puts and 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 I'll put that on watch and every morning every day I'll check in and say today the day is going to make some type of reversal candle like a a falling star or something like that or yellow candle um, I'm doing this actually right now with Upstart. Um, you know, i been
2: waiting for yo to... that thing been running for the past. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah. caught I caught a couple of the the rip for them, but it's like it's like it's almost at this point. I'm like, yo, when is that when is that reversal gonna happen? Because it's yeah, like it's, it's, it's up gonna, there now.
1: <laughs> it's gonna come at some point. It's gonna come, and you know, we're gonna catch it or not. You know what I mean? So it's it's a patience game when you're playing puts. Is really waiting for the opportune moment and, and, and timing the right because you can make a lot. I made uh, like 140 grand the other day on Moderna puts. On uh, that Dang. was one day. Moderna dropped 15% a day. Yep. I caught the entire thing. That entire drop. It. Literally, hey. I caught the entire thing. I put like 30 grand. I put 30 grand in that trade. And, uh, and caught like 140K, on, day. and it was a one day thing. I showed my dad, he almost had a heart attack. He's like- <laughs> He probably
2: like, yo, I show you this, you owe me. Yeah, he's
1: like, what? 140,000 a day, one trade, yeah. Like, and uh, and that was just off of a put trade that, you know, just timed properly. Moderna was running like crazy, and you know, it made a nice fall stock. It had some yellow candles. I actually showed the trade on, on IG. Um, as it was happening, and why I took the trade on, on my IG Stories, and so. Um, now, yeah,
2: what time? What time frame do you play usually on that one? Do you play like an hour, four hours, day? What?
1: Um, typically daily. Actually, I actually okay. like playing a daily a lot for swing trades because, um, uh, you know, when it's a put type, or four hour to the daily, four hour if I want to see like what's likely to happen before you know waiting the full day. I see the four hours. Four hour would give me a signal beforehand. So I think on that okay, one I yep. played the four hour. Um, I got a yellow candlestick in the red reversal band, right? And I was like, okay, you know that that's a good signal. And then I had you know overbought signals on the CC swing and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right, you know this is could be a good time to enter puts. So right before the, day, the the day closed, the day before, I you know that's when I put the, that money into that trade. And I was actually I was actually easing into the trade i was trying to put mm. like make it a big trade. i was gonna do like 100k in that trade because i was like i just hated modern and i hated the <laughs> did right. it. Hated it. and i'm like yo like i just i was just waiting to just catch that thing on the downswing and so my idea was to phase into the trade mm. and so then i went 30k and then the next day it, it opened up like three four like four or five percent lower and i was like all right well i'm not gonna i'm not gonna add more money and i'm just gonna let it ride and then, you know, it just kept on tanking. I was yeah, like, I'm man, thinking. you know, and then I saw my downside targets and it literally hit right on the downside target. I exited out that same next day, closed my trade out, and, and I was gone. So
2: that's crazy. Like right. that's 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 crazy, man. <laughs> that's a textbook play right there. That's crazy, exactly. man. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's beautiful one. But man, like tell tell the people, man, how how, how they can uh, get in touch with you, uh, the cheat code, and you know how to how, how can they you know jump into the community and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, um, so you can follow me on Instagram uh, at kwaytrades kway dot um there are fake pages
2: out there, so please, you know, make sure Quay K. Bro, don't you hate those fake pages, man? Like well,
1: Instagram won't take them down. It's nope. Like, no, people are reporting them like and there's one in particular that's that spells my name K-I-W-A-Y. And that's the one that's been going around getting people and stuff like that. But it's K U A Y trades. Um I will never ever, I barely answer DMs at all. So like I, I'm not gonna DM you and tell you to send me money ever. So um, please, you know, be careful with
2: that. Um, Yo, know, no reputable trader or somebody who actually in the market making money is gonna DM you asking you to, to, you know, to use your money and trade for you. Just don't fall for that, man. Like, be smart. Absolutely
1: not. Um, and then you know you can follow us at Instagram at at cheat, Algo, C-H-E-A-T dot a l g o. It's our primary Instagram page. Um and yeah, I mean, if you you want to join the community, um, you know, cheatcode.us is the website. Um, if you go to services, the one I recommend to everyone is the Premium Plus membership, and that is because it comes with cheat code and the community um uh, access. Um, the community access is critical. If you're going to do anything, join the community first. Do not get the software first. Get the community first because no, that is where. That's a fact you know again the community is just something where you know we just it's just it's really a family oriented type of thing we got people from 18 all the way up to 80 years old like we literally have an 80 year old in, in the group that makes That's what's, yeah, what's up right. man. What's up? <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: <shoot>. That's what's <laughs> up. Get all the baby boomers in there man. Shoot. That's right. what's up. <laughs> but uh, but friends man we
1: do we do a lot more stuff in the community so we, we do forex futures crypto Oh, that's um, dope. And real estate investment. We have a real estate community that's, that's oh. really popping right now as well, teaching rentals, how to uh, build rental portfolios, wholesale real estate, and flip houses. Um, So it's a really, really dope Dope.
2: Thing. That's amazing. And you, you have, I mean, you have experience in all of this. So <laughs> you yeah, definitely yeah, offer us like, some value
1: of, to all this. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any experience in Forex, um, but, you know, it's pretty much experience. trading is trading across the board. We have right. our instructor team that is all... You know, we basically have people who are specializing in each one of these categories that teach, um, teach the programs and um, and and bring the value to the community. So, yeah, man, it's really dope. It's fun.
2: That's what's up, man. Ronnie, you got in your last minute, man. This yeah, pushing. man. Um, I just want to say, man. I hope the people who are listening
0: or are, are taking notes because one thing that stood out to me with your story, for instance, is that through any you know adversity that you went through, you learned a skill to get you out. You know, Uh, so I think a lot of people don't realize the power of learning something that you can utilize for the rest of your life, whether you have a million dollars and you go down to a hundred dollars, you know how to take that hundred and run it back up. So I don't want people to miss that out, uh, miss that and definitely appreciate you, man, for, for, you know, coming in here today and dropping that knowledge on the culture
1: appreciate you, man. And that's a, that's a great, great point. Um, kind of one of the last things I'll say is that uh, one thing I tell everybody, you know, if you talk about becoming a good trader or whatnot, a great trader, um, you have to learn from your losses. You know what I mean? And every time I took a loss trading, I went back to learn something that, you know, could help me figure out. You know how not to make the same mistake and that's you know i learned things like fibonacci levels and all that type of stuff it would literally come for me if you don't lose you don't learn right you don't if you just keep winning you're never gonna you'll be like i know everything and i'm not gonna want to learn anymore right so um and i think that's yeah i mean now that you say it looking back on it it is how i kind of approach life as a whole so yeah i appreciate you you know bringing that up
2: no problem man if you don't lose you don't learn remember that Man, we appreciate you, Francis, man. Man, thank you so much for coming through and uh, giving us some of your time today, man. It's a wrap for us at Stock Culture, and we're out of here, man. Peace. Jeez.